Let us pray. Still our hearts and minds by the power of your word, that we might be filled with the faith that gives us courage to be your witness in the world. Hold me up, God, that I might lift you up. Amen. Amen. Hear now the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Mark. Later that day, when evening came, Jesus said to them, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. They left the crowd and took him in the boat, just as he was. Other boats followed along. Gale force winds arose and waves crashed against the boat so that the boat was swamped. But Jesus was in the rear of the boat, sleeping on a pillow. They woke him up and said, teacher, don't you care that we're drowning? He got up and gave orders to the wind, and he said to the lake, silence, be still. The wind settled down, and there was a great calm. Jesus asked them, why are you frightened? Don't you have faith yet? Overcome with awe, they said to each other, who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. This is the word of God. I was talking to somebody earlier this week about faith, and I asked them, do you believe in God? I don't know, they said. I don't think so. Well, say more about that, I said. What is it that causes you to doubt? They said, well, this world is a mess. There is so much bad stuff going on. I just can't imagine that there's a God. Well, I could hardly argue with that point. It's true. But that makes me wonder more about the nature of God and the character of God than it does about whether or not God actually exists, I shared with them. It makes me ask questions like, is God all-powerful? Can God fix this mess? Or it makes me wonder, is God really good? Oh, I don't worry about that at all, they said. If there is a God, I'm sure that God is good. Hmm. The conversation has nagged me all week long. I mean, the ways that we know God, the ways that we experience uh, the nature of faith, or don't, it remains a mystery to me. Who then is this, the disciples ask, who commands even the wind and the waves? The disciples believe in God. They trust that God exists, and they trust in God's sovereignty and in God's good nature. But this Jesus guy... They are not so sure about him. Don't you care that we're drowning, they ask? They can't believe what's happening. Here they are in a boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. It's late. It's dark. The wind is howling. The waves are crashing in. They're filling the boat with water. I imagine that they nearly capsize in the turbulence. So in desperate fear... 
they run to Jesus. I mean, he has demonstrated quite a lot of power and authority, a power and authority that they've never seen before. So maybe, maybe he can help. And he's sleeping soundly. His head is on a pillow, they say. They shake him awake and they shout over the wind incredulously, don't you care that we're drowning? I think it's a fair question, actually. I mean, like my friend earlier in the week, wondering, how could there possibly be a God? Surely if there were, this God would do something. They'd fix this mess, right? They'd prevent all these horrible things that happen that cause so much pain and suffering. I get it. I think we often wonder these, these things. I know that I, for one, am sick to death of hearing words like cancer and dementia, mental illness, addiction. I mean, they're so prevalent and they cause so much suffering. And our human ability to do much about any of it seems so limited. And then there's natural disasters. I mean, volcanoes erupting, wildfires raging, storms flooding. Last year, as David reminded us, not only Hurricane uh, Harvey, yes, it's about to say Hugo, that's the one that hit us in Charlotte a long time ago. Anyway, there was a series of hurricanes that, that devastated so many communities. I mean, we're going to be rebuilding for years. It's 10 months later, and we're just starting to rebuild in Victoria. And then there's Puerto Rico, who in particular is really struggling to get the help that they need. And I just received this email, this email, I just received this email a couple of days ago asking for help in West Laco, where recent rains have caused even more flooding and destroyed even more homes. And then there's our news cycles. I mean, they will make your head spin. School shootings. Diana, our music director, recently told me that she saw um, she saw in the news that many children were so happy that school was out for the summer because for at least a couple of months, they wouldn't have to worry about school shootings. It's so hard to keep up with everything. I mean, things happen so fast and they change so quickly. The wind can be thunderous and the waves overwhelming. And then some of the passages that we take are particularly perilous, and the crafts that bear us there seem so fragile. The situation at our southern border brings new and different challenges almost daily, it seems. We long for someone to still, to calm both the storms in our lives and our hearts and minds. I mean, we long for someone to calm our souls. We wonder with those early disciples who are terrified by the storm they find themselves in, don't you care? Jesus, startled awake, seems completely dumbfounded. Don't you have faith yet? He asks. 
Y'all remember this is Mark's gospel, so things happen really fast. It's kind of like one of our modern day news cycles. So even though it's just the fourth chapter of the book of Mark, Jesus has already been baptized. He's already been tempted by the devil out in the wilderness. He's performed exorcisms. He's called the 12 disciples. He's healed all sorts of illnesses, including leprosy, which people thought no one could heal except God. And his teaching, his teaching surpasses the wisdom of any other they have ever heard before. Their heads are spinning. He's just told them a series of stories, mostly farming parables, that are meant to teach them specifically about the power of faith to spread the gospel and grow God's kingdom. Given the right conditions, he says, a Given the right ground, solid ground to grow in, rich soil, given deep enough faith, the gospel can take root and spread like crazy. Unfortunately, sometimes there are things that get in the way of our faith, things that inhibit us in our pursuit of God and God's purposes. Why are you afraid? Jesus asks the disciples, why are you afraid? Notice that Jesus does not say, there's nothing to be afraid of. I mean, Jesus knows that there are some truly terrifying things that we face in this life. And he also knows that fear can paralyze us. Fear can steal our peace. It can cause us to react anxiously and in our anxiety to, to turn first to protect or preserve ourselves instead of turning to God. Instead of trusting that God does exist and that God is good and that God will lead us and strengthen us and give us courage that God will deepen our faith, gift us with a faith that seeks God's wisdom so that we can respond instead of react, so that we can respond with God's compassion and God's grace. Why are you afraid? Jesus asks. <coughs> Don't you have faith yet? He knows some things are truly, truly fearsome. And he also knows the one who is mightier than all of our fears. He knows the one that we long for. He is the one who commands the wind and the waves. He's the one that we can trust to be more powerful than both Galilean storms and the storms that rage in our lives, the storms that rage in the world around us. And here's the thing, like Duji said, Jesus is right there with us in the boat. He's so filled with peace, he can sleep. <laughs> he is filled with a peace that he will gladly share if we will just go to him. A peace that finds the faith that fear stole from us. 
I told you a couple of weeks ago that the team from Westlake United Methodist Church was responsible for half of the roofs that have been tarped by the Rio Texas Conference since Hurricane Harvey. I was a little bit off. I hadn't done the math yet. Actually, we're responsible for 42% of the roofs that have been tarped in Rio Texas Conference. It makes me wonder, what would happen if we had more and more teams of people with that level of faithfulness and commitment out there in the mission field doing the work to rebuild? rebuild? They're headed back to Victoria this coming week, as David mentioned, and the work has shifted from mucking out homes and tarping roofs to the rebuilding phase. The team plans to spend um, a week each month in an ongoing fashion um, to help out. So sign up. If you haven't had the opportunity to serve in Victoria yet or to help some of those who have weathered this particular storm, I promise you, it will bless you. Your faith will deepen. It'll grow. I've also had a number of people at this church ask me what it is that they can do to respond to the crisis at our border. You're not alone. People all around the conference have been asking the same exact question. So the Rio Texas Conference has developed this webpage where you can go and find information about all sorts of efforts that are happening around the conference on behalf of those at the border. You can go to riotexas.org forward slash immigration response if you want more information. There's a United Methodist organization called Justice for Our Neighbors that's already working to reunite families that have been separated at the border. You can support them with your giving. And there's a rally in Brownsville this coming Thursday. It's across from the courthouse where people will serve as a witness as um, immigrants go before the court to begin their process. At this church, we have classes and workshops that support people going through any number of storms. We have grief support groups. We have people who have experienced divorce leading uh, support groups. We have people who have had or currently have breast cancer who host a support group for people. We host an Al-Anon meeting at this church. And in the works is an opportunity for our church to host support groups for those who are affected by um, or caring for those who are affected by Alzheimer's or any number of um, forms of dementia. I'm praying that a few of you will feel called to help facilitate those support groups. Let me know if you do. Y'all, our world is a mess. There are so many storms that rage in our lives and the lives of those around us that are truly fearsome. They pound and flood the feeble crafts that we journey in. They cause our souls to tremble. They can paralyze our faith. It can cause us to cry out, don't you care? 
The novelist Emily Bronte weathered many storms in her very short life. Her mother died when she was three years old of cancer, and then when she was six years old, two of her four sisters died following a typhoid outbreak at the school they were attending. Following that, her father brought his remaining children home, decided to educate them himself. By some accounts, he was half deranged himself. She grew up in a home with him and with her alcoholic brother. In spite of this life that was filled with wild wind and turbulent water, she wrote in a poem these words, no coward soul is mine, no trembler in the world's storm-troubled sphere. I see heaven's glories shine, and faith shines equal, arming me from fear. Despite her many legitimately fearful experiences, or maybe because of them, she had developed a deep faith. Don't be afraid. Have faith. God is, and God is good, and God is with you in all things, especially life storms. If we turn and seek Christ, we'll find him right there in the boat with us. With so much peace to share with us, we won't know what to do. A peace that will ground us again in the faith that fear stole from us, that will lead us to seek God's wisdom. Our spirits will be stilled and our faith deepened and we'll be able to respond with compassion and grace. And God's kingdom will break in, in unexpected places, in profound ways, profusely. It'll be like the sun parting the clouds after a particularly violent storm to dry the soil to warm the hearts and spirits of those who have been afraid. No matter what trouble you find yourself in, look for Christ. I promise you he's there. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, thank you Thank you for the one who controls even the wind and the sea. Thank you for being present with us always. Thank you for giving us the gift of faith and for sharing your wisdom and your compassion with us so that not only will we be reassured and calmed in the midst of our own storms, but we'll be able to be present with and for those experiencing their own storms, and they might also experience your presence in and through us, so that they will come to know that you are, and that you care and that you are with them too. As we offer up to you 
our hearts, our fears, the storms in our lives, we also offer up to you now, God, all that we are and all that we have. As we offer to you our gifts and our offerings, we pray knowing that you're already present and blessing all that we give back so that your kingdom would break in in this church, in this community, that people would be surprised by your presence and your grace and that they would grow in love of you. We ask this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Will the ushers please?